welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Yepes Blundell. Janie's life-changing baked goods has been transforming lives, including her own. Janie credits baking as giving her hope after she struggled with addiction and homelessness as a young adult. She's also changing the lives of those around her through service and hiring historically marginalized community members. Listen in as she shares her journey through darkness to the bright lights of the Food Network channel, QVC, and beyond. Hi, Janie. Thanks for being here today. Hi. Thanks for having me. So I have to say, I absolutely loved your cookies. I am gluten-free, and I ate them anyways because I like to live life dangerously. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I am the type of gluten-free person where I just kind of like, you know, I might get a little headache or whatever, but it's always worth it when something is good. And I probably ate the entire box of like, Ooh, this is, this is worth it. Oh my God. I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear it was worth it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Janie, they are amazing. I had the, the pecan ones. Those are my favorite. Oh my gosh. Just, it's so delicious. And that pie crust, like I, we just have to like jump into it. So give me the lowdown. How, what's the origin story of Janie's life-changing baked goods. Yeah, so I started the business in 2015 and I had always loved baking as a kid. It was like sort of like I always think of like NPR, like the like theme song, like is a visceral reminder to me of like my mom or grandma cooking in the kitchen. And so it was just like I come from a cooking family. Everybody loves to cook and loved baking as a kid. And it was like a people pleasing thing in college. Like I would like always hook guys by, you know, being like the person who made home cooked meals. And in my early 20s, I was homeless and penniless due to addiction. And I, you know, spent many years living in that darkness. And then as I was climbing out of it and getting my life back together, I found that I needed like an artistic outlet. And baking just sort of boom, like, you know, was like the first thing I thought of. It's just like, this is a way to, you know, my life was so out of control and baking is such a controlled and artistic endeavor. And so it was just this sort of light for me in early sobriety as I was just figuring out how to live life without drugs and alcohol. And um, it, you know, a couple of years later, just sort of, I, I was lost again. Like I was working as a nanny and I didn't have any sort of resume or any sort of, I had gone to school for theater and wasn't going to do that. And I think the stars just aligned and someone was like, can I purchase a cake from you? And I was like, you want to buy something from me? And um, it just sort of clicked. And, and a couple of weeks after I sold that first cake, I started selling pies for Thanksgiving and slowly built the business from there. That was 2015. So it's been a little over five years since like the business was conceived. Wow. Now, were you during your dark period, as you call it, were you baking at all? No, well, not really, not definitely not in the past couple years, but I would, this is funny, I haven't thought about this in years, I would go to Barnes and Noble, like when I wouldn't have nowhere else to go, I'd go to Barnes and Noble and like sit in the like cookbook section. And just like look at like the recipes and you know, the beautiful pictures and sort of just like dream about you know, what cookbooks I would get when I could and, and what I would make when I could. But, but, you know, as if you know anything about addiction, it's just like a, like, it's like a dark cloud over you. And just my whole life was like, it just completely impaired by addiction. So, so I, no, I don't think I did much baking or cooking or anything like that during the darkest times. But that passion and the love was still in you, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Cause I've literally haven't thought about that in eight years, but that's, 
yet. That's interesting. So you mentioned this baking as an art form and art can be innovative. I would say your pie crust cookie is innovative. How did you come up with that idea? Yeah. Okay. So my fiance hates when I tell this story because he's like, you're discrediting yourself. But he would always, you know, I'd been in business for, I think, I think I came up with it in 2017 and I had been in business for like a year and a half or so. And I was sort of like figuring out, oh my God, like this business could be viable. Like I could actually like make a life out of building this business. And I was in this like sort of business, food business boot camp class. And my fiance, Christopher, would always um, come up with these like, he'd be like, you should sell inside out cupcakes or scones that actually taste good or just these things that are like, don't you think people who make scones think their scones taste good or just things that like, you know, that just like don't make any sense. And I'd be like, you know, stop, like just ignore him. But he kept talking about pie crust cookies. And I was like, that's such a good name. Like, what is a pie crust cookie? And he'd always be like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, but it sounds really good. A pie crust cookie sounds so good. And so in 2007, his birthday's in January. So it must've been 2017. I, um, I was like, let me figure out for his birthday what a pie crust cookie is. And I, you know, sort of like off the bat, like what a pie crust cookie is, is really similar to that first try, which is the bottom is a disc of, you know, par-baked, like really flaky, almost like pretty dark pie crust. And then the middle we do, uh, you know, different fillings. And the original was a pecan filling, which is the one you tried. And then the top, I was like, oh, I need something. I think I tried it without, I think I tried it with just the topping. And I was like, it's missing something. And so I love pies that have streusel or crumb toppings. And so I was like, let me add some crumb topping to hold it all together. And it just sort of like, you know, that's how it was conceived. And then like over the next two years, I just sort of honed the recipe and figured out how to make it into like an actual food product. You know, you go from like a theater major to having a dark period in your life to being in recovery, starting to bake. How did you navigate this world of packaged goods? You know, where did that drive come from? And where did you go for, you know, advice? I think that getting sober and like when I got sober, I was 25 and I was just like a shell of a person and and didn't really have any life skills, paying phone bills or, you know, had never had a lease on an apartment. And so I think that just sort of persevering through like all the mental illness and fear and whatever that goes along with addiction and sort of learning how to sort of rebuild my, or just not rebuild, build my life at 25 gave me this courage that I, it tapped into this courage that I didn't know existed. And I, you know, building a consumer packaged good brand is so risky and so, so complex. And there's just so much knowledge that you need to have. That, you know, it it took me, I think that I said that I conceived of the, the pie crust cookie in early 2017. And it wasn't until three years later that we actually were able to release a fully finished packaged product onto the market. And that was because A, I took my time. B, I had no knowledge and had to literally learn. Like I, I had to, I think I probably didn't even know what the word like CPG or consumer packaged good was in 2018. Like these were all things that I sort of had to, to learn about. And luckily New York is such an amazing community for not only for consumer packaged goods, but it's just such a foodie city. And so, you know, I started by taking 
this business boot camp from Hot Bread Kitchen, which is a kitchen incubator where I still cook out of. And they provided a lot of support. They're really well connected in the food industry and are really great at sort of if you have an idea, helping you figure out A, like, is this idea something that's sellable? B, if it is, you know, how do you make that happen? And then C, like, actually, they help you sort of like and introduce you at the other end to the actual wholesalers and retailers that you're going to sell to. And so, you know, I, I feel lucky that that I am in this community. A, like I produce in Harlem, and it's such a insular, amazing, circular, small business community. And B, being in Hot Bread Kitchen for the past three years, while I grew the business, but like I, I couldn't have, it couldn't have been a better fit for me. So you had that village around you. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's always a person one step in front of you. And I think that one of the misconceptions I had for the first year and a half of building this business was if somebody's making cookies or any sort of baked goods, then they're my competition and like we can't talk and you know it's such a lonely world if you live that way being an entrepreneur can be so lonely and so if you sort of like isolate yourself and view your uh I don't want to say I don't like the word competitor it's like if you view the people who are on the same similar trajectories as you as your competitor you're not going to get to tap into like this amazing community and all the resources involved in that community and so once I sort of like was like okay these are my friends these are my family members these are people who are, you know, trying to grow alongside me, there's always a person one step in front of you or two steps in front of you who's like willing to give you the knowledge that is so hard to come by. And so that's been such a beautiful lesson to learn. And, you know, it's it's been really cool now that I'm like a little more far along in my journey to be able to do the same to the people who are one and two steps behind me now. Did you utilize that network in the community to get involved in the Food Network Chopped Sweets series? Tell me a little bit about that. When did that come into play? Yeah, I actually, I don't even, it's such like um, kismet that that happened. I'm involved in Queens Night Market, which is a, um, is this amazing outdoor food festival in Queens every summer. The point of it is sort of to, I'm going to, I'm not going to do justice to it in my brief description, but it, Queens is the most diverse county in the whole world. And it's also economically just very varied. And so point of Queen's Night Market is to like have vendors from all around the world, but also everything is $6 or less. And so the community can really, you know, experience, you know, like people can afford to go and, and spend money and have fun. And it also supports small business. And so I've been doing that every summer since 2018, I think. And in 2019, there was a, a reporter, you got really great press there. So it's one of the other uh, things. And a reporter from Gothamist wrote a Best Cookies in the City article, and he happened to be at Queen's Night Market and put me on that list. And then when Chopped was casting for Chopped Sweets, they um, Googled, you know, Best Cookies in New York City because Chopped Sweets is actually shot in New York City. And they're one of their casting producers reached out to me and was like, will you audition for Chopped? And so that's, that's how it happened. You're like, yeah, where do I sign? Or were you like, oh my gosh, I can't go on live TV or like, I can't do TV. Right, exactly. You know, it's interesting because like, I'm not a, I'm not an actor. I went to school for like theater directing. Like I'm not a, um, like I'm not a, I'm not a show, show person, but it was one of these things where I was like, I sort of have this mantra for the past, like however many years where I'm like, am I not doing something? Like, why am I not doing something? And if it's because I'm afraid to do it, I make myself do it anyway. And so Chopped was one of these things where I was like, never in a million years, like, will I compete on 
live TV too. It's not live, but like it, it is like, you know, times and all that. I was like, never in a million years will I do this. And then it was okay. Like you don't want to do this because you're afraid of doing it. And so, you know, of course I said yes. And um, it was such a cool experience and so different than I thought it would be. And I actually walked in thinking I will be thrilled if I just don't get caught the first round. Like I never in a million years, like I didn't even, you know, when you like, you're like, okay, there's $10,000 at stake. Like I didn't even dream about like what I would do with that $10,000 or what it would be like to win. Like I dreamed about like not getting cut the first round. And then you ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah, which is, it was so nuts. It was, and then you can't tell, you know, we shot it in October of 2019 and it wasn't aired till March of 2020 when coronavirus is like just starting. And so it was like such a surreal, it's like if a tree drops in the woods and nobody hears it, like did it really fall or whatever that phrase is. It was like, did this, did this actually happen? Like, did this happen? You can't tell anybody you won. You sign these like million dollar NDAs. And so it's just like such a like, wait, did that really happen? Oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> you mentioned that you you just touched on this. I mean, entrepreneurship is is tough, right? It's not perfect. How do you take care of you, right? What does self-care look like on those hard days for you? Oh man, I mean it's it's hard. I think it's there were years, like if I've been in business for five and a half years, there were years where the first two years I was working full-time as a nanny and then coming home and baking in my tiny kitchen in my tiny apartment. And so there were years where like, there was no such thing as self-care, like self-care was building this business and then burnout is real. Right. And I think for the past year, like I've sort of learned to let go. And, and on the other side, like once you're on the other side of that, it's like hard to remember what that pain felt like and what like those obstacles were and what not sleeping ever felt like. Um, and in the past year, I sort of like, A, it's been different because of COVID, but B, I sort of at some point was like, all right, there are people who, you know, I didn't go to culinary school. Um, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a marketer. Like I didn't go to school for any of this. And so there are people who do all of those things better than I do. And so for me, the biggest thing was stepping out of the kitchen and being, I mean, I'm still in the kitchen every day, but like actually stepping away from the baking and production side and sort of like letting, I I guess not being so much of a control freak has helped with self-care because it's, you know, I give my employees the space to grow and step up and be more responsible. And in turn, I've got an A to focus on really important sides of the business like growth and B just to take care of Janie and figure out who Janie is separate from the business because I, my addiction like goes across all things and I can be like a workaholic. I can be and anything, uh, you know, addicted to anything. And so, so self-care these days, I used to work until uh, COVID, I used to work all weekend. And now I never go into the kitchen on weekends. I only do a little bit of computer work. I have since COVID as well, like I used to love to cook at home. And um, when I was in the kitchen all day, every day, I would come home and never want to cook. And it's been really cool to sort of like, do like more experimental baking and cooking for myself at home. So I don't know. I still, I think it's still like, there's a lot to be done on self-care for me. So it's a work in progress. Yeah. I have a Peloton. I love it. I run. Yeah. You're a big runner, right? You've done marathons, if I'm correct. I've done, I've done a marathon. Yeah. And I was supposed to run in 2020, New York City in 2020, but that got canceled. So I am either running this year or next year because Hopefully, hopefully those things will come back. You said a marathon. That's one more than me, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- 
technically a marathoner, I guess. Yes, you are. Own it. What I, another thing I really love about the brand is how you're giving back. Equity is really important within your brand narrative. You know, equity meaning that building an equal playing field, especially for marginalized folks. Tell me a little bit about how you give back to the community. Yeah. So I, you know, service is such an important part of my life and it's been hard as I've grown. It's been hard to keep that central just because so many other things happen. But, you know, when I, I I always think about this, when I started this business, I, I was 27 or 28 and I had nothing on my resume except like being a nanny and a building superintendent. And it was so overwhelming, the idea of looking for a job and, you know, what have you been doing from the time you were 18 to 27? It's really hard to explain that. You can't really put addiction or like I got sober. You can't really put that on a resume and how beautiful that actually is. And so it's been so important to me as as I have the luxury of employing people to keep that in mind that I didn't go to culinary school. I have no resume. And so why wouldn't people who come from similar circumstances be just as hard workers or just as excited to grow in a company or just as excited to like start afresh as I was. And so right now I have two full-time employees and neither of them worked in the bakery business or had much job experience period. One of them came to me as a, she was getting her degree and she wanted to, she wants to own a bakery someday and asked if she could intern. And she is my first employee and she's been with me for two years and is like, it's just been, it's, I mean, it's been so cool. And she's, you know, from, uh, from the community. And so that's been so special to grow with her, like grow alongside her. And my other employee actually came to me through, I do a lot of, um, volunteer work for, or I used to do more volunteer work for, um, it's called Association to Benefit Children. And it's a, a local Harlem non-for-profit that just does amazing work with immigrant and, um, homeless families in New York city. And I started volunteering with them, I don't know, maybe in 2016, and I would go in and teach baking classes to some of their kids or some of their adults. And then I started cooking. They have this free Saturday program, and I would start like cooking uh, lunch for all the volunteers and the participants in the program. And they started every year ordering from me this butter crunch toffee that they would, it would be donor gifts. And so in 2019, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if instead of like hiring friends of mine to help with this huge order every holiday season, if I hired um, some people from like clients of their programs. And so I was able to hire for this one holiday season, this woman who had just got in, she'd been in the country for 20 years and she had just got in her uh, working papers and she was so excited to have her first on the books job. And now she's actually been with me for I think it's like a year and a half so that's just so special to me that you know it's just so full circle and and as I continue to grow it's like so important to keep that in mind that you know just because you don't have like a pastry degree or I don't know like everybody everybody deserves opportunity wow that's beautiful that I and I love that too because as emerging CPG brands just and even as a small business owner as an entrepreneur you get to change the way business is done. And that's just so exciting for me in a very half, you know, glass half full moment to see that 
progress can be made, change can be made. We can live in a more equitable world because of brands and business owners like you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, and it's like, I didn't invent it, right? I get to see how other businesses like Greystone Bakery or other like amazing businesses that are, are doing this, like I get to like follow in their footsteps and like the sort of business model has been proven that it works, that you can be responsible in that way and still have a really profitable, amazing business. So what's new? What's coming down the pipeline? Yeah, I mean, it's a really exciting time for us. I just, we've been working in this culinary incubator hot bread kitchen for the past three years and we've completely outgrown the space and we are bursting at the seams. And so I just signed a lease for my own space that started April 1st and we're actually uh, starting construction on Monday to build out the space. And so that's so exciting. It's the first commercial lease I've had. We'll actually be able to have like a little storefront at the, it'll be mostly a production kitchen, but it's on the Upper West Side in New York City, which is where I live. And so it'll be really cool to sort of like tap into this direct to consumer market and, and really like build brand exposure that way. So I'm so excited about that and, you know, just, just having our own space. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so that's, that's like the, the thing that, you know, I'm so overwhelmed about right now or not overwhelmed. Yes, I am overwhelmed, but <laughs> that's like, that's the, that's the exciting new thing. But beyond that, we're doing a, a re-release of uh, four flavors with Whole Foods um, in the region. And so that exciting, hopefully we'll do the release this summer and we're about to drop, we have, you know, we have four flavors of pie crust cookies, which are technically consumer packaged, good, ready products um, that are sold in stores. And we're launching Cherry, which only has been available here and there on our uh, website. We're launching that as a product um, this summer. So that's, that's really cool. We'll have five, five flavors in grocery stores. I'm trying, you know, there's, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's such a, um, like there's always like 2000 things going on at once. And so it's hard to like pinpoint the most exciting thing. Those are all good news. And tell us where can we find these amazing pie crust cookies? Sure. So you can order them directly from us on janiebakes.com. You can also get them at some Whole Foods in the tri-state area and Fresh Direct. And then you can get them. We we sell, we have a, a list on our website. We sell at a lot of little boutiques and grocery stores all around the country. Um, and we'll be launching with QVC soon. So that's exciting too. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. It's I'm so proud of it. And I it's been like so wild. Like I feel like these cookies are carrying me along on this journey. So it's been so wild and beautiful to sort of like be part of that journey. Thanks for joining us. The Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jennifer Yepes Blundell, theme music by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And make sure to share this episode and others with your network. It's the easiest way to help us grow. See you next time.